Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of This Week in History. It is Thursday at noon, and we are looking at episode number 21, and we are going to look at the week of May 7th to May 13th. Just want to remind everybody before we bring in Jonesy that we are brought to you by our friends over at CoolBet. I want to remind everybody to stay cool and bet responsibly. We are going to have a code very shortly, as, as Stephen has let us know. He uh, made the deal with us. And uh, we will let you know how you can be a part of CoolBet and earn extra money towards your bets, whether it's on poker or uh, sports in general. So CoolBet, thank you for being a part of this. And also the, being the ones who sponsor the Scumbags Wrestling Predictions League where it's never too late to join us for predictions for your favorite pay-per-views from WWE, Impact Wrestling, AEW, and NXT, and earn points towards this championship belt being awarded next March. So, with that said, well, I th thank you for joining us. Whether you're listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you podcast from, watching us on YouTube or Facebook, we are part of the Ontario Independent wrestling podcast network get um, jumbled up there and the johnners podcast network over in the uk so with that said we want to bring in jonesy who is in the process of moving but he's still in niagara falls how are you jonesy i'm doing good i just got another two days here and then uh, get to finally move to a much better place very good. Uh, so by the time this actually airs, you will have uh, moved. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll see your uh, new place uh, by the next time this episode airs. Or the, on our next episode, should I say. I'll give you time to set up. And uh, yeah, so we have uh, a really decent mix of uh, things, I think, uh, coming up here. Some uh, different events. Uh, from all over each organization, a bunch of birthdays. I don't see this one being as sad as some of the other ones we've put, uh, put up with uh, deaths. So we're going to be looking at a lot of birthdays in this case. So if you're ready to go. I thought this was a sad week. No, really? oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Never know. All right, so we're going to start with May 7th. We're going to go to uh, back 107 years ago in Kansas City, Missouri. Stanulus Zabisco defeated Americus, um, which his real name was Gus Schulin, uh, to win the World Heavyweight Championship. In a little more present time, 21 years ago, WCW presented Slamboree. Terry Funk defeated Norman Smiley and Ralphus in a handicap hardcore to retain the WCW Hardcore Championship. Scott Steiner defeated Captain Rection to retain the WCW United States Championship. And we saw Jeff Jarrett defeat David Arquette and Diamond Dallas Page in a triple cage match to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And after the match, Mike Awesome attacked Page and threw Canyon off the stage by Awesome from the second cage to the entrance ramp below, breaking it. That's that was pretty much the only exciting thing in that whole pay-per-view. Yes, and I'd love to hear uh, somebody like uh, Eric Bischoff uh, look back at it. Uh, just one thing that uh, you did blot out, but a uh, quick reference to, it was uh, way more than 12 years ago. Uh, but Russell War 89 happened, uh, Music City Showdown, and that was part of the uh, Steamboat uh, Flare trilogy. I believe it was the last match, and that uh, transitioned into uh flair and funk starting their uh feud when funk put flair through a table and that he did that was just awful back then anyways 16 years ago ring of honor debuts in new york city with manhattan mayhem from the new yorker hotel and really nothing exciting happened on that show as far as matches. Uh, Somo Joe did defeat Jay Lethal to win the ROH Pure Championship. 14 years ago on Raw from Pennsylvania, Edge defeated Mr. Kennedy in just eight seconds to win Kennedy's WrestleMania 23 Money in the Bank contract. 
This switch of the Money in the Bank briefcase was due to Kennedy's uh, torn bicep, which turned out to be a hematoma. He would be out for a total of a month. It's a shame what happened with uh, that whole thing with uh, Kennedy. Uh, as much as a fan as I am of Edge, uh, just there was a rocket being put onto uh, the back of uh, Ken Anderson, Ken Kennedy, and uh, he got won the Money in the Bank. Uh, it was probably going to be going for getting a uh, championship uh, eventually during that uh, holding of the briefcase. He was in line for being uh, Vince McMahon's illegitimate son that turned into Hornswoggle instead. He had a really bad outing with Randy Orton, which Orton complained about in backstage, and poof, gone. But for a guy who was on a good trajectory to having a decent career, it's a shame what happened in his uh, latter uh, part of his WWE time. He eventually did go over to TNA, but yeah. What could have Last been. I seen him, he was in uh, NWA. He was on the, that power show. Yep, he was there. But Looked a little grizzled, a little more uh, chunky in the midline. But he, he actually he looked uh, tougher. He looked like you know a mean old man. So we're going on to May 8th. 21 years ago on Raw is War from Uniondale, Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho by submission to win the WWF IC Championship. Triple H was the special guest referee. 21 years ago on Nitro from St. Louis, Ms. Elizabeth wrestles for the first time as she defeats Daphne by DQ in just 38 seconds. The next night, Elizabeth scores her only pinfall win at a Thunder taping in Springfield, Illinois, defeating Rhonda Singh. That's kind of, kind of weird to imagine. You have to go back probably on the network to see that one. But imagine a Miss Elizabeth against Bertha Fay. So that's Rhonda Singh and Elizabeth getting a victory. Well, from I, what I, I remember, know. it was pathetic. The fact that I'm sorry, certain people, they just they don't need to be in a match. What are you doing? No, Elizabeth should never. Especially when you, it it never really happened before, and then they do it back to back nights. Like, <laughs> so 19 years ago, in demand, NJ Sports and Entertainment announced a joint venture for a new wrestling promotion that would be NWA's new top affiliate, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. And also 19 years ago, another casualty of the plane ride from hell. WWE releases Kurt Henning after he and Brock Lesnar have a flight on the doomed flight. Or they have a fight on the doomed flight. Yeah, uh, Razor Ramon got released during that time as well. Yes, there's a lot of things that happened. Uh, I think there's like seven different incidents that happened. Yeah. 14 years the, ago. Go ahead. I was going to say, we covered that uh, last week with the, the list of it. And that's coming up on uh, Dark Side of the Ring uh, on uh, Vice TV and Crave. I did just see a uh, posting by Dustin Rhodes, who's not too thrilled with that show because it digs up a lot of uh, people's uh, not-so-memorable moments. And uh, I believe he's part of uh, that plane ride from hell uh, incident uh, as well with uh, stuff that happened there. So, you know, sometimes it's good to see the past, but then when people are still currently involved, it, it kind of shines a bad light on them, especially if they've moved, been able to move on. But it is what it is. Don't do stupid things, and people won't remind you of them. Exactly. 14 years ago at a SmackDown taping in Pittsburgh, The Undertaker and Batista battled it out in a steel cage match for the World Heavyweight Championship. The match would end in a draw when both men hit the floor at the same time. Mark Henry would then attack and bloody up The Undertaker, and Edge came down and crashed, cashed in his Money in the Bank contract and won the world belt from The Taker in just 82 seconds. The Undertaker would be carried out by the Druids. Was, was that Edge's second win? Uh, WWF win? Like second Money in the Bank win? This, was on, uh, this picture comes from a SmackDown. Uh, takers all bloodied up, and that was the same episode. They just raised the cage, uh, ah. and uh, that's when Mark Henry was able to attack, and Edge took advantage. And it's a happy 60th birthday for uh, Puro Suo legend Akira Kane. 
born in Chi, um, Chishibu, there, there we go, Chishibu uh, Setamana, Japan, Tao, a former sumo wrestler for seven years, would transition into pro wrestling six months after his retirement from sumo competition in 87. He would team with a giant Baba in 88 and become a legend in tag team wrestling, winning the AJPW's tag belts a record six times, uh, more than anyone in the company at the time. And by May 96, he would win the All Japan Pro Triple Crown. His amazing performances would make him one of All Japan's four pillars of heaven, uh, alongside Michira Masawa, Kenta Kobayashi, and Kawada. Moving on to May 9th. Actually, that's a decent picture of uh, him. Doesn't even look like a wrestler. Looks more like a science teacher. May 9th, 50 years ago, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, the future WWE 2015 Hall of Famer and New Pro legend, would debut for the Japan Wrestling Federation at just age 17. Fujinami held the IWGP heavyweight title six times, a five-time IWGP tag champ, WCWA World Heavyweight Champion, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, a WWF Junior Heavyweight Champion, two-time NWA International Junior Heavyweight Champion, and the winner of the G1 Climax Tournament in 1993. That's a lot of accomplishments. That is a lot of um, heavyweight champions. 46 years ago in Tokyo, for the first time, the WWF champion, sorry, the WWF championship would be defended as champion Bruno Sammartino and Pacific Wrestling Federation champion Giant Baba fought to a no contest in a title unification match. 33 years ago in Memphis, Tennessee, Jerry Lawler defeated Kurt Henning in a career versus title match to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. 27 years ago, in Osaka, Japan, The Undertaker last eliminated Bam Bam Bigelow to win a special Royal Rumble match. 25 years ago, in Tennessee, Malahosaka defeated Debbie Combs to win the NWA World Women's Championship. 23 years ago, WCW presented the Ultimate Video Bash a WCW-MTV crossover event from MTV Studios in New York City. Only one match would uh, happen on the show as New York City was hammered by rain all weekend long, nearly five inches. The only match on the show was some viewers left in the stands. It was Public Enemy defeating High Voltage. High Voltage would represent Will Smith and Public Enemy would represent LL Kuje. Uh, the scheduled three-hour show was knocked down to two. The fact that they were going to do three hours of this, holy crap. Um, but it is on YouTube. You can find that match. It is entertaining to watch because it's in, in the rain, and it, it's just one of those disasters that happens sometimes with an outdoor show. Yeah, and uh, WD experienced the outdoor show uh, rain experience uh, for WrestleMania, but... Uh... Yeah, I would be surprised if this ever made it onto WWE Network. Uh, it's probably uh, well buried, uh, if at all, or owned by MTV uh, rather than the WCW archive. Yeah, they might need permission from MTV. I don't know. It might pop, might pop up if they ever go into detail about putting on a show and what things can, in fact, happen. 22 years ago, WCW presented Slambury 99. Raven and Saturn defeated Rey Mysterio Jr. and Billy Kidman and Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit in a triangle match to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Rick Steiner defeated Booker T to win the WCW World TV title. Gorgeous George defeated Charles Robinson. You heard me right, Charles Robinson, <laughs> the referee. Uh, Kevin Nash defeated Diamond Dallas Page to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Little Nate. Mm-hmm. 21 years ago at a SmackDown taping, Crash Holly defeated the British Bulldog to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. 12 years ago, Nick Bolia, son of Hulk Hogan, was sentenced to eight months in prison after pleading no contest to his role in an automobile accident in Clearwater. 
Florida in August 2007 that left his passenger with an eye and brain injuries. Uh, he would uh, serve five and a half months, 500 community service hours, and no license for three years, brother. Yeah, I um, when looking that up, I found that picture that I posted uh, from in court, but just to see the actual uh, vehicle, it was quite mangled. Yeah. Uh, so uh, some would, some uh, of the uh, the final decision on all that is on YouTube. Yeah. It's a happy 54th birthday today for Kevin Foote, a.k.a. Kevin Kelly. Uh, born in New York City and a graduate of Florida State University, he would spend five years on the indie circuit until June of 96, joining the WWF. He would serve as an interviewer, commentator, talent elevator, uh, sorry, evaluator, and was a member of the creative team. Uh, Foot would manage and wrestle for Delaware-based East Coast Wrestling Association, winning their heavyweight title in 2001, and he was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 2005. After being released from the WWF, he would work for Major League Wrestling and announce for Lucha Libre, New Japan, and ROH. And I didn't even know Kevin Kelly actually wrestled, but he did. Yeah, I, I can't wrap my mind around Kevin Kelly uh, being a wrestler. I know the other Kevin Kelly that was out there was a wrestler uh, being uh, nails, but for this Kevin Kelly to have been a wrestler, that's something to look, mm -hmm. go back and uh, try and find because, yeah, I I would never picture it. No, uh, but um, uh, there's a little bit of popping on your end to let you know. Uh, okay. So... Another uh, birthday is, oh, now I'm, oh, there we go. Now I can't hear myself. That's better. Today would have been the 64th birthday of Mike Shaw, a.k.a. Norman the Lunatic, or Bastion Booger, if you prefer. Uh, born in Scandia, Michigan, he began his career as a Klondike Mike for NWA All-Star Wrestling in uh, Vancouver. Is that the one on the left? No, the one on the left is Mockin' Singh. Oh, Malcolm Singh. All right. Uh, he would uh, also wrestle in Stampede Wrestling Calgary. He would go national with World Championship Wrestling in 89 and 1990 as Norman the Lunatic. Uh, Shaw would then uh, move on to the WWF in 93 as Angry Monk, Friar Ferguson, uh, uh, which the Catholic Church of New York bitched about, so he was repackaged as the notorious hunchback slob Bastion Booger, my personal favorite. He, his outfit looked like uh, the outfits that the peg guards wore in Return of the Jedi. Uh, his lone pay-per-view appearance came at the 93 Survivor Series voted worst match. He was also scheduled to appear at the 94 Royal Rumble match, but he no-showed the event, and they lied to us all and just said that he overate and got sick. <laughs> After being released by the WWF, Shaw opened a wrestling school in his hometown of Scandia, Michigan. He would make a one-time return to the WWF on the Raw 15th anniversary special in 2007. And on September 11, 2010, Shaw died of a heart attack in Marquette, Michigan. He was 53, and he would behind, uh, leave behind his wife, and he had two kids. And I believe we saw him at that Midway show. He was there. Yep. And uh, so he was looking pretty rough there. <laughs> and this picture, uh, as you see, has Mockin' Singh, it has Bastion Booger, Friar Ferguson, and. Uh, Norman the Lunatic there. Friar Ferguson. Or, or Eugene's older brother. Mm, yeah, I think that actually the best looking one is the one where he's dressed up as Friar Tuck. Yeah, and it, the thing is he did a uh, uh, earthquake splash, uh, but also had his opponent underneath his uh, robe when it happened. Uh, he also uh, had a notepad to... Uh, write messages because he had a vow of silence oh yeah <laughs> that only lasted a couple of weeks uh unfortunately as you said the catholic church got a little po'd with that and we never saw the what could have been with friar ferguson oh man that 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 would be a great picture to put up on the wall 
well, sneak it into a church and put it up on the wall. May 10th, uh, 40 years ago, Vern Gagne, at age 55, retires from wrestling after defeating Nick Bockwinkle to retain the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Gagne founded the AWA and held the gold 10 times uh, for a total of 4,677 days. Don't feel bad for Bunkwinkle. He would be awarded the vacated, vacated belt nine days later. 38 years ago, while en route to a WWF taping in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Eddie Gilbert gets in an automobile accident and sustains major injuries, including a broken neck. Gilbert would return to the ring and credit his ring a return to the ring to then WWF champion Bob Backlund. 36 years ago, WWF taped the first ever episode of Saturday Night's main event from the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. This would, be con uh, this would contribute to the wrestling boom in the 80s. The debut show, which was aired one day later, would be the world premiere of Cyndi Lauper's um, MTV music video, Goonies Are Good Enough. And on that, that card... Sorry, go ahead. I love that video. And it was actually, then they did a two-parter for that video. I, I, I've i only seen little bits of the video. I've never watched the whole video through. Uh, just, I don't know, seems annoying, that song. <laughs> uh, on the card, we saw Ricky Steamboat and the U.S. Express, uh, uh, Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda, defeat Nik Nikolai Volkov, the Iron Sheik, and George Steele. Hulk Hogan defeated Bob Orton via DQ to retain the WWF Championship. Wendy Richter defeated the Fabulous Moolah to retain the WWF Women's Championship. And the Junkyard Dog defeated Pete Doherty. 22 years ago on Raw's War from Orlando, Deborah is awarded the WWF Women's Championship from Sable by then-Commissioner Shawn Michaels. Deborah was in an evening gown match versus Nicole Bass, uh, supping for the soon-to-be-gone Sable. Bass would quickly strip Deborah down, and Shawn Michaels would declare Deborah the winner, not Bass, because it was the person who got stripped first that would win the title. And I thought that was a yucky swerve. Uh, also on the card, uh, the Big Boss Man defeated Test in a nightstick on a pole match. Brad Shaw and Farouk fought to a no contest. Pat Patterson and Jared Briscoe defeated the Mean Street Posse in a loser leaves the WWF match. And the main event saw Steve Austin, The Rock, and Vince McMahon defeat the corporate ministry containing The Undertaker, Trevor H, and Shane McMahon, and Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee. Moving on to 20 years ago, Vince McMahon announces via press release that the XFL is shutting down after just one season. Oh, well, seven years ago, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling co-presented Global Wars from Toronto. Uh, just going back for the XFL, it sounded like you had, wanted to say something. Well, the football wasn't that bad. It was just, unfortunately, a little too heavy on uh, trying to add the wrestling uh, crossover to it and trying to make uh, the cheerleaders almost look a little uh, prostitute-ish. Uh, trying to get them to hook up with uh, the uh, football <laughs> players. And so, you know, some sports entertainment added to football uh, was probably the downfall uh, to it. Had it uh, been put out there as an alternative to the NFL, then a uh, slap in the face to the NFL or a competition to the NFL like Vince wanted it to, it would have had a chance. But uh, it was too much too soon. But the NFL did take some of the concepts that uh, the XFL brought in and uh, changed some of what they did uh, presentation-wise. So it had a shot, and then, as we saw, it got resurrected, only to get shut down again uh, due to COVID. And now uh, Dwayne Johnson and uh, his ex-wife and uh, their company have taken over. And there's talk that uh, the XFL could rise again under Dwayne's uh, tutelage, but also combined with uh, the CFL somehow and have a cross uh, branding, which I think would be kind of uh, 
a concept that could uh, work uh, in the regards of, say, how we see with Major League Baseball and having the National League and American League, where the National League doesn't have a DH rule and the American League does. So imagine these two companies going with each other. And when you're in a CFL arena, you're playing by CFL rules and vice versa. And XFL, you're going by those rules and having the final uh, Grey Cup or whatever being XFL versus CFL. So we'll see what the yeah, and, develops. Or you can, you can, I mean, there's so many different versions that they can go with. The start, they can have it where they're somewhat separate, but they can still advertise and they can have a all-star game against each other. And they could have it where the CFL champ and the XFL champ would have a, a game together for exactly. another cup. Yeah. So after you win the Grey Cup, uh, you go against the XFL uh, champion that way. But yeah, the uh, yeah, the uh, CFL tried years ago to expand into the U.S. and didn't uh, have much success. But maybe this time it will uh, spark something. But we'll have to wait and see what geniuses uh, go behind this. Anyways, carrying on right. to Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, seven years ago, Ring of Honor in New Japan presented uh, Global Wars from Toronto. On the card, Michael Elgin uh, defeated Takeki Watabe, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Jushin Thunder Liger defeated Chaos, which was Jado and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Jay Lethal defeated Matt Tavin, Silas Young, and Tomasa Champa in a four-corner survival match to retain the ROH World Television Championship. Uh, the Bullet Club, AJ Styles and Carl Anderson defeated Chaos, which is Ghetto and uh, Kazuchika Okada. And Adam Cole defeated Kevin Steen to retain the ROH World Championship. Six years ago, at an Impact taping, Rockstar Spud wins a gauntlet for the gold match to win the TNA X Division Championship. On the same day of tapings, Rockstar Spud would be the first person to cash in the X Division Championship for TNA World Heavyweight Championship match and lose. Kurt Angle would be the party pooper. And I really uh, like that of Impact Wrestling, that if you won the X Division Championship, you could cash it in for a title belt uh, bout. I, I think that's quite ingenious. It's a good way to have that championship stay fresh because there's another way to get rid of the belt so you can have another tournament or whatever it's almost like uh, uh well not the same but when uh the nwa if you won a title and you got the bigger title you'd uh, dump the other ones at hmm. least you'd still be a champion if you lost but in this case you're cashing in and getting rid of that belt for uh trying to upgrade but yeah uh you know it used to be that way when you looked at, uh, say, PWM Magazine and you saw the uh, top 10 listings, the Intercontinental Champion would be the number one contender for the uh, title uh, behind the uh, world title. Of course, that rarely happened, but, you know, they were essentially the person who should have been challenging for the belt. Mm -hmm. Indeed. We're going to move on to May 11th. 33 years ago, WWF taped four Wrestling Challenge episodes in Rochester, Minnesota. 31 matches were on the card, with no match lasting longer than four minutes. Uh, Coco Beware versus Rick Renslow would be the longest match for the tapings at 3 minutes and 50 seconds. 26 years ago, at a WCW Saturday Night tape, Taping in Atlanta, Macho Man Randy Savage and Stunning Steve Austin would have their only known match against each other. Savage would win this tournament uh, match to advance for the vacated WCW United States Championship. 25 years ago, Triple A presented Triple Mania 4A. Uh, and this was at Chicago. Triple Mania is a series of three big shows per year. This would be the only Triple Mania to be held in the U.S. of A. On, pardon me, on the card, Jerry Estrada and Juventud Guerrera defeated El Pan Pantera 
Pantera? No, that's Pantera. And Super Calo, a 2-1 in the best of three falls match. Uh, Cybernetico, El Picudo, and Moscow de la Merced uh, defeated Octagon, Ultimo Dragon, and La Parca, 2-1 in the best of three falls match. Lucha Libre rules match. And Conan and Per. Herrero Aguero uh, defeated Piroth Jr. in Sin Caras in a Lumberjack match. And that is a different Sin Cara. It uh, is spelled C-I-E-N. 25 years ago, ECW presented a matter of respect. This would be for the tapings of ECW Hardcore TV. Chris Jericho defeated Mikey Whipwreck. Shane Douglas defeated Two Cold Scorpio to win the ECW World Television Championship. Rob Van Dam defeated Sabu in a respect match. As a result of loss, Sabu had to verbally announce his respect for RBD. And Tommy Dreamer and the Gangstas, Mustafa and New Jack defeated Brian Lee in the Eliminators, John Kronos and Perry Saturn. 24 years ago, WWF presented in your house 15, A Cold Day in Hell, from the Richmond Coliseum. Uh, Mankind defeated Rocky Maivia. The Nation of Domination defeated Ahmed Johnson in a gauntlet match. Ken Shamrock defeated Vader in a no-holds-barred match. And The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to retain the WWF Championship. 17 years ago, John Tenta, a.k.a. I'm Not a Shark, AKA Earthquake announces his retirement via PWI Insider and being diagnosed with bladder cancer. Uh, in his last match, his last match was with All Japan, where he first started out, and his last WWF match was in Orlando, Florida, and the dark it was a dark match, and it was against a student of his. Uh, the Canadian-born college football player turned sumo wrestler turned pro wrestler was told he had just 20% chance to live. The radiation treatments would uh, prove ineffective. The cancer would claim his life. Tenta died in his home in Sanford, Florida on June 7th, uh, 2006, just two weeks shy of his 43rd birthday. At the time of his passing, Tenta was survived by his wife, Josie, and three children. Yeah, I remember uh, when Tenta first made his uh, appearance on uh, WD or WF, uh, I believe it was Superstars, and they were doing do a push-up challenge between Greg, uh, sorry, Dino Bravo and the Ultimate Warrior, and they were looking around for a fan to uh, uh, be a part of this, and conveniently enough, right across from the hard camera, on the aisle, well, and about 10 rows up, was this big fat guy that was willing to yeah, be a part of this and tentatively came in and announced his name was John and they're like, oh, okay, and did this. And then next thing you know, squash to the Ultimate Warrior. I think it was a great introduction, a great way to bring someone in. Uh, his early uh, tights were absolutely awful. The the kind of pale chocolate brown uh, that he wore with the Canadian leaf at his belly mark. Yeah, I think Shawn Michaels might have used that same material for his return when he won the uh, Elimination Chamber in the world title because that was just a horrible chocolate brown uh, <laughs> if you look at uh, Shawn's tights. But actually, I think uh, John's uh, was more metallic-y uh, brown, but just really bad. It was like a bouncing turd. Uh, yeah. Going by the uh, Canadian earthquake, and then they just dropped it down to earthquake. And that lasted while he was there, and he was main eventing with Hogan in 1990, even. Uh, but then, well, of I, course, he goes over to WCW, and just like uh, Ray Trailer got treated, he went from being Avalanche to the Shark and all these other gimmicky names. And unfortunately, though, his, one of his last runs in WJF was as Gulga underneath the uh, mask and wearing a, a Cartman t-shirt and carrying a Cartman doll. But he was still doing the earthquake splash, but yeah. just totally different guy altogether uh, when he returned as Golga. My favorite memory of his is when he uh, tried to kill Hulkamani on the Brother Love Show. Yep. 
We're going to move on to 13 years ago, TNA presented Sacrifice from Orlando. Uh, the show started with Angle announcing he was not wrestling due to a neck injury. His replacement in the TNA World Title Three-Way would be the winner of the Terra Dome match. Uh, the show would have a tag team tournament inside the TNA uh, tag champs after Kaz and Super Eric were stripped of the titles. And in the finals, we saw the Latin American exchange, Hernandez and Homicide, with Hector Guerrero and Salinas uh, defeated Team 3D, which was Brother Devon and Brother Ray, to become the new TNA World Tag Team Champions. Kaz defeated Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, Consequences Creed, Curry Man, Jay Lethal, Jimmy Rave, John Devine, Shugboy, and Sanjay Dutt in a Tarot Dome match to events to the main event that night, which saw Samoa Joe defeat Kaz and Scott Steiner to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Eight years ago, Kenta Kobayashi retires from in-ring competition. His final event... A uh, final burning at Budokan was attended by many former colleagues and even former Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihiko Noda was in attendance. A quick blurb on Kobayashi. Kobayashi, a rugby player and bodybuilder turned wrestler, was a three-time All-American Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Heavyweight Champion, 10-time Tag Team Champion, Pro Wrestling NOAA GHC Tag Champion twice, Hardcore Openweight, and held the, PN, the PWN world title for two years. With Pro Wrestling Noah, he would win the GHC Tag Team Championship twice, uh, their Hardcore Openweight title once, and their Heavyweight title once, holding the latter for a full two years from March 2003 to March 2005. Uh, Kobayashi is famous for innovating an inverted Death Valley driver known as the Burning Hammer. This was a reserved move because of the danger he reportedly has only used it seven times. He would leave pro wrestling in the mid-2006 to battle cancer, and he would return December 2007. His retirement entrance and induction, induction can be viewed on YouTube. Uh, you'll never see more paper ribbons show, thrown in the ring at once when he is introduced in the ring with the other wrestlers. It's actually fun to watch uh, the, the entrance and all the other wrestlers in the ring um, showing their respect. Uh, it's actually a, a good way to send off a wrestler. Moving on to May 12th. 32 years ago, Rowdy Rowdy Piper returns to the ring after a two-year retirement. He returns to the ring at a WWF house show in Los Angeles, substituting for Jake the Snake Roberts, and he would defeat Ted DiBiase. 24 years ago on Raw is War, Jerry Lawler introduces Mr. Monday Night Rob Van Dam to the WWF Universe. His debut was a win over a newcomer enhancement talent called Jeff Hardy. Uh, Van Dam wasn't signed to the WWF at the time. He was competing for ECW, which was in an interpromotional feud with the WWF. Yeah, people didn't realize that uh, Vince was actually floating ECW uh, during that time to keep them afloat and uh, giving uh, the Carol Heyman a payment so that he could pay his guys. Well, yeah, you need you need other businesses out there you in especially in that industry you can't be the only one because you you need other wrestling companies to pump out talent into to also talent that didn't quite work out it's like going back to the miners and prove yourself and then we'll take you back that's what the, the people don't understand I mean, that's what wwe is now it is not the best wrestling promotion around as far as it may not have the best matches um and storylines and that but accumulatively it is the best of everything combined and it's a tv series it's a big show yeah and with uh, ecw uh, being uh funded by uh wd unbeknownst to people that uh as well it allowed uh wd to kind of put a stop to uh anybody uh leaving ecw to go to wcw immediately because uh, they would have the first picks at uh, bringing them to uh, mm -hmm. WWF at the time. 
So that's why you had a Rob Van Dam being able to show up and not go to WCW. And this was uh, just a, around the time that uh, yeah the Monday Night Wars were in effect because this was 24 years ago. So we're looking at 97. And uh, they always say, or, or at least AEW tries to make it seem as though WD is not open for business. Triple H says that they are. But with this forbidden door that uh, AEW seems to be using, they're making WWE look like they don't want to work with anybody else. But they have in the past. Yeah, and they will continue to work with others if it benefits them and it benefits others. Of course. 19 years ago, Eric Kalos, uh, Kulas, yeah, I guess it's Kulas. Eric Kulas died of complications from gastric bypass surgery in Cranston, Rhode Island. He was just 22 years old. You may remember him as the 17-year-old kid wannabe wrestler who called himself Mass Transit and lied his way into a match in ECW. Unfortunately, he asked to be bladed by, of all people, New Jack. Uh, his lie may have worked if he didn't go against New Jack and the blade job. Yeah, if you're going to lie about your age to get into the ring, don't say you'll go against New Jack or anybody like that. Try for something a little bit lower uh, to your uh, skill level. Yeah, he, he was, unfortunately, he went, hey, all for him for, for trying to get into business that way. But when you ask a guy to blade you and you don't realize how insane that man can be in the ring and Hey, he really didn't do anything wrong. He was, he did what he, the other guy asked him to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can check out the uh, new Jack episode, uh, yes. uh, dark side of the ring to hear all about that story. And even new Jack's going, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you can put a little blame on him if you want, but in the end, it wasn't his fault. 14 years ago, Ring of Honor tapes its first ever pay-per-view. Respect is earned from the Manhattan Center in New York City. The pay-per-view would air on July 1st. Uh, Taka Takashi Marashima defeated BJ Whitmer to retain the ROH World Championship. The Briscoes, Jay and Mark, uh, defeated Claudio Castanoli and my, Matt Seidel to retain the ROH World Championship. And Brian, Brian Danielson and Takashi Morahi, uh, Morishahima defeated Kenta and Nigel McGuinness via submission. Ten years ago, Brock Lesnar is pulled from a scheduled bout at UFC 131 against Junior Doc Santos due to coming down with diverticulitis for the second time. This was the second time as he first came down with a digestive order disorder in 2009. Nine years ago, Ring of Honor presented Border Wars from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Eddie Edwards defeated Rhino. Jay Lethal defeated Tommaso Ciampa. Michael Elgin defeated Adam Cole. Roderick Strong defeated Fit Finley to retain the ROH World Television Championship. The world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, defeated the Briscoes in a fight without honor to win the ROH World Tag Team Championship. And Kevin Steen defeated Davey Richards to win the ROH World Championship. Moving on to May 13th, 33 years ago in Texas, Barry Windham defeated Nikita Koloff in the finals of one-night tournament to win the vacated NWA United States Championship. Other participants in the tournament were Ivan Koloff, Lex Luger, Al Perez, and the Midnight Rider, who unmasked to reveal himself as the Italian Stallion. 27 years ago, at an Eastern Championship Wrestling taping in Philly, Mikey Whipwreck, who didn't successfully hit an offensive move in this or any match uh, for a long time, defeated Pitbull 1, Gary Wolf, to win the ECW Television Championship. Would uh, Wolf would be distracted by the Tasmaniac, thus Mikey got the quick pin. 
Mikey would have three successful title defenses on the taping, defeating Kevin Sullivan, Mr. Huge, and Johnny Grunge, all via DQ. Really? 26 years ago, sorry, you were going to say something? Nope. All right. 26 years ago, WWF presented a night to remember. This would be the final show at the Boston Garden. A lot of WWF dignitaries were on hand. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Phil Apollo. Man Mountain Rock defeated Quang. Jeff Jarrett defeated Razor Ramon in a ladder match to retain the WWF IC belt. The Undertaker defeated Kama. And Diesel defeated Psycho Sid to retain the WWF championship. Grilla Monsoon was the guest ring announcer. Yeah, when I went looking uh, for the uh, photos for something to put up here, I did find right. that uh, one photo of... Uh, uh, it said about Diesel being uh, Sid, which I'll just put it back up for a second. Right there. And Your sound has got real bad. Oh, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I found that picture there, but then I also found this, which was the advertising for it, and somebody had actually posted the card and uh, did their own notes of who won uh, throughout the night and what the match order was. So, yeah, there was uh, even the Bushwhackers defeating the Heavenly Bodies. You mentioned about Hunter taking on Phil Apollo and beating him. Uh, then there was Men Mountain Rock defeating Quang. Rhodey defeating Bob's Park Plug Holly. Uh, Hakushi and Jerry the King Lawler defeating Bret Hart and... Oh, sorry, losing to Bret Hart and... Uh, British Bulldog, David Boy Smith, and the latter match for the Intercontinental title saw Jeff Jarrett uh, retain over Razor Ramon. Uh, match seven was the Head Shrinkers uh, losing to Jacob and Eli Blue. Uh, match number eight was The Undertaker beating Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, which eventually became Godfather. And uh, match number nine was Bam Bam Bigelow beating Tatanka, and the main event being Diesel beating uh, Sid. So, yeah, kind of cool that somebody actually had one of those sheets with, and posted it online. I remember having uh, programs like that and going to events. Well, yeah, the, the programs uh, for the house shows were were all the same. The, the mini magazine, that would be the only difference between the shows is that insert that they would put in, which is a smart smart way to do it. Yeah. 19 years ago on Raw from Toronto, Hulk Hogan defeated Ric Flair to retain the WWE Undisputed Championship. Interestingly, this is the only national, national TV singles match for the two in the WWE. Also, Trish Stratus in Bubba Ray Dudley, current hardcore champ, defeated Jazz, current women's title holder, and Steven Richards in a mixed tag team match. With Trish uh, making the pin, she would become the new women's champion. I was actually there that night for this event. Oh, you were? Yeah, I think I went with my uncle. Uh, there was a uh, uh, part with the NWO, and I think that's when uh, Shawn Michaels was part of the NWO, and also Booker T and Big Slow. Uh, Hogan, I remember uh, coming out on a motorcycle at one point. I was... Uh, on the upper level, and the Titan Tron was to the right of me with the ring to the left of me uh, for this show. But yeah, I kind of remember uh, being there for this one and experimenting, uh, taking some photos with my uncle's uh, camera. Nice. 14 years ago today, TNA presented Sacrifice. Earlier in the day, NWA announced it would end their relationship with TNA due to the fees. Uh, TNA had refused to pay and wasn't advertising NWA heavily anymore because TNA's national TV deal was Spike TV in 2005. This would be the third major divorce for NWA as the WWWF split in 63 and WCW split in 93. Uh, with the split, Christian Cage and Team 3D are stripped of their NWA World Heavyweight and tag team championships, but don't worry, TNA will just replace them with TNA branded belts. Some of the matches that uh, were on that evening, Chris Saban defeated Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt in a three-way match to retain the TNAX division belt. 
Team 3D defeated Scott Steiner and Tomko in the Latin American Exchange uh, in a three-team match to retain the TNA World Tag Team Championship. And Kurt Angle defeated Sting and Christian Cage via submission to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. But Angle is stripped of the title the next night because Angle had Sting in the ankle lock submission as Sting rolled up Christian. Uh, the three count and the tap out happened at the exact same time. Too bad about your luck. <laughs> Aha. Ten years ago, New Japan Pro Wrestling holds its first ever show in the United States with Attack of East Coast, day one from New Jersey. Some of the matches were Loki and Homicide defeated Jushin Thunder Liger in Tiger Mask. Uh, Satoshi Kojima defeated Kenny Omega. Uh, Bullet Club, Giant Bernard, Carl Anderson, Prince DeWitt, and Ryusuke Toguchi defeated Chaos, Shinsuke Nakamura, Jado, and Ghetto, and Davey Richards. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi defeated Hideo, Hideo Sato. Uh, Tetsuyu Nato defeated Josh Daniels. Oh, that's Tetsuya, I believe. Uh, Toro Yeno defeated Dan Math. MVP defeated Kazu Kazushika um, Okada. I'm just going to say Okada. You know, uh, uh, via submission. And Charlie Haas and Rhino defeated Hir Hiroshi Tanahashi and Togi Makabe. Nine years ago, saw Tine presenting Sacrifice. Christopher Daniels and Kanzarian defeated Samoa Joe and Magnus to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. Gail Kim defeated Brooke uh, Tashmacher to retain the TNA Knockouts Championship. Austin Aries defeated Bully Ray, and Bobby Roode defeated Rob Van Dam in a ladder match to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. I got a yawn. It's a happy 30th birthday for Elizabeth Chihiro. Hia, a.k.a. Scarlet, Scarlet Bordeaux. The musically trained Chicagoan has appeared in about a dozen organizations, including ROH, Shakira, CZW, TNA, and WWE as one of Adam Rose's Rosebuds. In 2014, PWI included her in the 35 Most Beautiful Women in Wrestling. She also has worked as a waitress at the Underground Nightclub in Chicago, she once won the DDT Ironman belt from Joey Ryan in 2016. She would trade it to Reno for an autograph. It's a happy 40th birthday for Korean-American James Corin Yoon, a.k.a. Johnny Yang. He would break out in WCW as one-third of the Young Dragons. When WCW was bought out, he would be sent to the WWF developmental territory, Heartland Wrestling, until his release in 2002. After a brief stint in All Japan Pro, uh, Yang popped up in total nonstop action as one-third of the Flying Elvises and competed in TNA's first match. He would return to the WWF as a KO, uh, who was part of the KO Dai, the henchman for Tajiri. And his third time in the WWE in 2006, he became the redneck Jimmy Wang Yang, but was released again in 2010. He would eventually open a pro wrestling school and a pest control business in the Cincinnati area. And closing it all off with a couple of birthdays, it's a happy 57th birthday for Raymond M. Lloyd, a.k.a. Glacier. And it's a happy 60th birthday for Rodzilla Dennis Keith Rodman. Uh, and, of course, this week in wrestling history is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and most importantly from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And, of course, thanks goes to our sponsor, Cool Bets. Of course. And uh, said Cool Bets, you can always uh, check them out online, uh, CoolBet.com. Oh, sorry, Cool, cool Bet. My apology. Yep, Cool Bet. Stay cool, bet responsibly, and we're going to have more information as it goes on. And uh, just be sure to uh, join us for the Scumbags Prediction League for any and all pay-per-views that happen with WWE, NXT, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. We also have our shirts over at 
ProWrestlingTees.com slash Scumbags Wrestling. Uh, three t-shirts that have our logos on them uh, right now for the month of April and May are going to Jordito's uh, Recovery. He's a little guy uh, from London area uh, recovering from cancer, seven years old, and needs some help with uh, equipment for recovery. And, of course, there's the Ontario Indie uh, comic book uh, cover, and that will always go towards uh, Stephen's wrestling journey. Stephen is a nine-year-old uh, little guy uh, with carry malformation, and they're doing research at uh, Toronto Kids, Sick Kids Hospital, and he just recently had uh, surgery on his uh, neck and throat area um, and is uh, going to take a little while to recover. Uh, been told by his mother, uh, Crystal Spice, that it'll be about a three-month recovery uh, for that. And he's a couple weeks without even being able to eat pizza. Uh, and what little kid uh, doesn't like, like pizza? So being able to miss out on that, unfortunately, for a couple weeks is... Uh, going to be a while. Uh, it'll fly by, but not feel uh, that way either. So uh, purchase any of these t-shirts at our uh, Pro Wrestling Tees uh, store, and you're going to be helping out uh, a couple of kids with uh, some good causes. And uh, yeah, just have a great t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees and be able to say you were part of this whole movement uh, to get them going. Um just want to remind everybody that also later on tonight, we should have our next edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. And thank you, everybody, for joining us last night for our uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament episode. Uh, those are our three shows. And, of course, we'll always have those and maybe some surprises along the way. Anything you want to uh, plug, Chris, before we get out of here? Uh, no, I'm good. I am. Look. So uh, thank you once again for uh, compiling all this. Uh, good luck with your move. And uh, as I said, by the time we uh, see you next time, you will be uh, moved in and uh, ready to go. So thanks again. Toodles. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags of Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. We live title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.